The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarNebelBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcatchers out there as well. As always, I'm Big Joe. And I'm Carl Caravel. All right, folks. Another week has come and gone in the world of professionaling, and this week, another year has gone by, not only in the world of professional wrestling, but for our podcast. This is the last episode of 2019, Carl. Another year, another month, another day, <laughs> another hour, and even... Another decade, right? Yes, we'll, we'll get we'll get to some decade stuff in this episode here. So basically, what we're gonna do, if uh, you were around for us uh, for last year, we did this uh, same kind of thing. We basically went through kind of our best and worst of uh, this year. I, I tried to do more best of. I mean, there are a few worsts on here, but uh, try to stay a little bit more positive this year, and uh, we'll see what we can come up with uh, here. The first one for the episode for our uh, our best of. For this year is promo of the year. Now I'll let you go first on this one because I have uh, a special one kind of lined up for mine. Definitely understandable. So taking a look <clears throat> at the run, I was kind of confused at first. Promo? Were you talking actual talking promo? Were you talking promotion? What promo. were you talking? But then I found where it actually has where we'll get into promotions yes. of the year. Um, so promo of the year, pipe bomb as you will. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I mean, it's the most recent one that's really happened. I have to go with Cody from AEW. Mm. Um, that was probably one of the most biggest and heartfelt promos that I have heard from someone in a very long time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my pick Cody Rhodes with his uh, promo on an episode of AEW Dynamite. Very good choice. And that's actually, uh, one that I was kind of considering to mine will probably be uh, best described by, uh, I'll, I'll play the audio, I actually have the the clip lined up here, and then uh, we'll talk briefly about it, uh, because really, the best way to do this one justice is to, to just play it here, so uh, let me cue this up for you here. Sammy, you're a narcissist. Sammy Guevara, he looks like a Spanish god, look how sexy he is. You are not a god. Think you can attain godlike status? Well, I'm just gonna have to bring you back to reality because the facts are this you are not a leader, you're a follower of the inner circle, you're an errand boy for Chris Jericho. I don't know. You were orphaned as a child, or you got dropped on your head, but you're stupid. 
to sit there and film me getting my arm broke by Jake Hager, me lying on the ground, writhing in pain and laughing your ass off. You're stupid if you don't think I'm coming for you. Sammy, you're first. I will not falter. I will not fail. Sammy, this is your final reckoning. And remember what I said. You're not a god. Gods don't want you. Because you're a reject. And there we go. Dustin Rhodes on Sammy Guevara. That happened very late in 2019. But this was probably one of the most... Uh, the, it's one of those promos where you, you watch and you listen and you're just you're immediately drawn in. You know, you have a, a real veteran like uh, Dustin doing this. The, the, the only kind of unfortunate part of this, uh, Carl, and uh, for our listeners, is that uh, this didn't air on television or during a big show. This was on YouTube. And uh, unfortunately, not that many people saw it. My, this is my promo of the year. And this is the kind of thing going forward, just a, a little bit of a mention here. They need to start doing this stuff on television. That's right. It's something that we have talked about on previous episodes before where we've uh, gotten into a situation where we're hearing about these promos and stuff that that's happened afterwards because mm-hmm. they've only happened on YouTube and we haven't seen them on live TV. Yeah. So, yeah, um, what I find interesting about this is that both of our picks were from the Rhodes family. That, How interesting. Not a coincidence. I mean... The uh, twin. I mean, they're not they're not twins, but they're uh, s- siblings. They're 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 children of Dusty Rhodes, and uh, Dusty was a uh, very very good at that. So it's like it it was just uh, kind of in their DNA to be kind of good at this. Definitely. Now, something that I'm interested in mm-hmm. is: Do both Cody and Dustin have they both gotten some pointers, some tips, some? Uh, training as per se from the same person not dusty but from someone else like has there been another influence in there whether it be like an Arn anderson or a tully blanchard or you know somebody like that has has there really been another influence in their life that really kind of taught them how to uh, cut a good promo aside from their father dusty I think it's them, just a combination of them being in the business for as long as they have been and just the people that they've been surrounded by. All of those kind of good aspects have rubbed off on these two. And that's how I see it. I don't think that there's any one kind of person that we can kind of uh, point a finger at and say, hey, you know, hey, this is what made them good. It's it's a combination of everything and all the people that they've been around. And they, they've pulled the best of from all that. And that's that's my take on that. Yep, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, for me, a uh, quick honorable mention on this was the MJF uh, promo with uh, Jericho in um, AEW when basically they were talking about joining the inner circle and they that, that back and forth. The MJF is just really good. He went toe-to-toe with one of the best talkers in the business. And um, there's even moments when you watch the video that's where Jericho's like, okay, I think he got me on that one. You know, just say it was a, a great back and forth and it was entertaining to watch. So that's an honorable mention for a promo of the year for me. Sounds good. Now, next up, we have one that I think is generally going to surprise you. And we're talking tag team of the year. This is one where I really had to think. Uh, there's been a fair amount of tag team wrestling, but just it's, I don't know, maybe because it's it's fairly kind of spread. It was hard to make a pick. For mine, I'll, I'll be very transparent about right off the bat, just so that nobody criticizes me for this. Uh, I'm not really looking at um, title wins or you know, necessarily of um, how big of a promotion that they're part of. I'm going kind of purely off of the tag team that entertained me the most this year. And based on that, 
I'm going to say that my favorite tag team of the year is going to be a genuine surprise for everybody is Private Party. Private Party was my favorite tag team of the year. Whenever I watch these guys in the ring, I am thoroughly entertained. And an amazing pick there. Mm-hmm. I mean, both guys uh, in Private Party have really shown us what they can do. Yep. And, and and you're right, have made tag team wrestling to be something fun. It was they, so awesome. They beat the Young Bucks in that AEW tag tournament. And, and, and that was a pretty prestigious win. And the fans are behind them. I was entertained. For me, that kind of put me over the top. Uh, if I were to pick a runner-up, I think the only other tag team I think kind of made a real impact is, for me, it's a toss-up between the Briscoes and the Lucha Brothers for kind of just exposure to, to tag team wrestling for the year. But for me... Just a private party. Those guys are entertaining as hell to watch, and that just yeah, puts them over the top a little bit. And for my pick, you've already mentioned this tag team. Yes. Um, and this is going to kind of take people by surprise as well. And just like yourself, I wasn't looking at wins. I wasn't looking at losses. I wasn't looking at titles. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at anything like that. Um, even though this, ta- this tag team has really been on a losing streak, they've really kept themselves mm-hmm. relevant throughout the entire year. And when I hear tag team wrestling, they're actually the first tag team that comes to mind. And I'm talking the Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, just surprisingly throughout everything that they've done throughout the entire year uh leading up to the build-up of aew and then making their presence in aew and being on this losing streak they've still kept themselves relevant whether it's through a promo or whether it's through the uh the uh, being the elite youtube show however they've done it they're still relevant very true uh, what I will say going forward in 2020, at some point we got to get the the titles on that uh, on that team over in AEW because they're always touted as we have one of the best tag teams in the world. But looking at it from the perspective of maybe like a casual viewer who's maybe only seen the AEW stuff and they're being told, "Hey, this is one of the best tag teams out there," they might kind of go, "Really? Okay, you know." So they they need to uh, again, AEW isn't perfect. You know, they're still in that kind of learning phase. At some point. Oh, you got to put the titles on those two because, like you said, Carl, they're having said all of that, they're still one of the most talked about tag teams in the industry for sure. Definitely, they are. Okay, next category. It was a bit of a tough one for me. I really had to think about this because this is we're, we're talking storyline of the year, and I'm talking like an actual story happening between two wrestlers or two tag teams and, and whatnot. It, it was a real tough one. I really had to think, and uh, I, I didn't really come up with a kind of a clear quote-unquote storyline because there were so many crappy storylines that happened this year, which we'll, we'll get to uh, uh, next after this too. But f- for me, uh, the closest I could come to for best storyline this year was uh, John Moxley's run through the G1 over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That that was, um, when it happened, it, it was kind of the talk of the, the wrestling world. And I did some really good stuff over there. I guess it's tough to call it a traditional wrestling storyline, but I mean, that's the closest I could kind of come when it came to this. Moxie's run through the G1. I went a little bit of a different route with mm-hmm. this. I didn't necessarily take uh, storyline, uh, like as in matches or anything like that that no. really happened, but uh, um, I went Bray Wyatt turning into The Fiend. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything that's happened from beginning to end with this, from him not being really in the forefront for the first part of 2019 and then making kind of like a resurgence uh, and, and a reinvention of himself going forward into the 
later part of 2019. Yeah. Um, and just that whole transition of Bray Wyatt then with the Firefly Funhouse and then just that whole storyline of everything going through. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been some really like corny and cheesy stuff <laughs> happening on, on that uh, uh, story time, right? Or the, the Funhouse. Yep. But that for me, that was the storyline of the year for me. Bray Wyatt nice. coming back, becoming something and just making a huge name and marketable name for himself. Mm -hmm. For me, an honorable mention was this confrontation. This again was from New Japan Pro Wrestling. This confrontation with Minoru Suzuki and Jushin Liger, where it, it brought out kind of like that evil almost side of uh, Jushin Liger. So that was a it was a very short kind of storyline going there, but it was it was intense. So that that was for, for me another really good one. Sounds good to me. Another, uh, I, I, for those of you who were wondering, um, Joe has had a couple of honorable mentions. I didn't mm -hmm. do any honorable mentions. Okay. I just went with my picks yeah. and that was it. So you will not hear any honorable <laughs> mentions from me. I'm going to let Joe take care of all the honorable mentions for this episode. I have a few. I don't have one for everyone, but uh, I do have some for, for me for this next one. No honorable or dishonorable mentions for this one. This one was very clear-cut for me. We were talking worst storyline of the year. For me, this was a no-brainer. We're talking this love triangle with Bobby Lashley, Rusev, and Lana. This has just been a train wreck and just a, a cluster, you know what, from day one till now. Yeah, and mine as well. Same thing. Yeah. Um, worst storyline of the year, Lana, Rusev, Lashley. Lashley. Yeah. Like, yeah, hands down. That's it. Yeah. The uh, the only <laughs> this was interesting when I, when I was uh, before we started recording yesterday. I was talking to our uh, good friend Mr. Ryan K. Bowman over at thegrillposition dot com, and uh, I was kind of talking to him about this topic, and he's like, "Yeah, that was probably one of the worst angles this year." And he brought up the recent thing too with uh, with Roman Reigns and uh, Mr. Baron Corbin, where apparently mm -hmm. this match coming up, the loser is going to have to eat dog food and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. you know, he said, you know, that the, these are like some of the worst angles of the year. The WWE doesn't have any good angles. And then I made the the, the joke. I was like, no, no, WWE has, has some good angles. They're the, uh, the 490 degree angles in the wrestling ring. There's only only good angles that they have. Yeah. Their angles are just a little <laughs> obtuse. <laughs> but those ones are perfect 90 degree angles in that ring. And that's the only <laughs> angle, like, uh, angles that they, they, they have there right now. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just, uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, love triangle thing. I mean, just, uh, it's. Hopefully 2020 will soon be the, the death of that uh, storyline because it has been awful. Moving on from yes. something that is our worst to something mm. that uh, uh, people love to talk about. And, and we're talking our mark out moment of the year. Yes. Um, I'm going to go first with this one. My mark out moment of the year happened just recently, actually. Yep. And it, it isn't something that would be really huge for a lot of people. Mm. But for somebody who's been a wrestling fan for over 30 years, to finally see something like this culminate for someone was totally my mark out moment. I'm talking PCO winning the ROH title. Yep. Finally g getting to the top of the mountain inside of a promotion through everything that he's done through all of the work that he had with the WWF back in the day, going through the independence, reinventing himself, coming back as this, this Frankenstein character. Mm -hmm. And yeah, for me, when PCO won that title, I was ecstatic inside. Nice. For me, my markup moment of the year was uh, probably when we're not expecting here. But this for me was watching the debut of AEW dynamite. I remember 
I was luckily off uh, from work that day or that evening when it when it started, and I had ordered the the, the here in Canada it airs on the TSN network, and I remember uh, sitting on the couch and waiting for it to come up, and there were some other sports news kind of happening, and it started creeping, you know, a minute closer and closer, and it was like a minute before, and they were still kind of talking news. I'm like, geez, did they forget to do it? And then that uh, thing came up, you know, that uh, and this is uh, you know. Warning, I know there might be some violent content when I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, I just I remember it starting, and I just to see the start of a new wrestling promotion on TV, and just it's something we haven't experienced in a long time. So, that, that for me, that was probably my most exciting moment was, yeah, watching the debut of AW Dynamite. I was genuinely excited, and it was a, it was a good first episode, and yeah, and the rest is history, so to speak. Definitely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Even you just talking about your excitement <laughs> kind of got me a little excited too. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. Going from that to, this is one, I guess kind of more of myself, cause this is an interview I did. Actually, I did got to do two with, a with this guy and we're talking favorite interview that we've done with a wrestler on this podcast this year. For me, it's our good friend, Mr. Dusty Gold. And you know, since we've met him, Carl, in, in the subsequent times that we've talked to him, I mean, He's just—he's one of those guys. He makes really good use of social media to get exposure to himself in, and even more so than that, just the the work and uh, everything that this guy puts into uh, being a professional wrestler is very impressive to see, especially from somebody that's a little bit younger like he is. Definitely is, and to be able to to have an interview with somebody twice in inside of a year is is something that is just—it's it, great. It's great to be able to see, yeah. and uh, for us, anyways, at least on this end of the spectrum we're kind of looking at it as Mm -hmm. we've been able to interview this person a couple of times which means that they put their faith and their trust into us to be able to get things out there to the masses so um yeah i mean huge props to him like he is he's done amazing things and i'm sure he's just going to continue to do great things into the future when it comes to his in work in ring work with uh, professional wrestling um be prepared in 2012. Be, be prepared. Just, ahead, just basically before you give your pick here with Dusty, be prepared in 2020. You're going to see him in some notable places you're at. I'm not going to spill the beans just yet. We mm. do know kind of what's in the works, but we're going to keep it to ourselves. But expect some very cool stuff from Dusty Gold in some notable places. He's going to be a guy to watch next year. Definitely he is. <clears throat> so... For myself, um, sometimes doing interviews seems really, I don't want to say mundane, but they almost <laughs> kind of seem the same all the time, right? We're yeah. talking to, a, to a, a professional wrestler and we're asking them, you know, how'd you get started? Mm-hmm. What was your big break? What are your plans? Yeah. What are the, you know, and we go through their championships and we go through, you know, kind of what they've done and stuff like that. Uh, my favorite interview this year that we did actually was kind of near the beginning of the year back in, uh, I believe, uh, February, February or March it was. Um, and this was an interview where we just sat down mm-hmm. and we were able to just talk and kind of felt like we were just a bunch of friends sitting around talking about the wrestling business. And that is with the owner of Ignite Wrestling, Kim Mm. Artlip. That was probably my favorite interview that we uh, have been able to be part of this year, just because everything just felt so natural. We were just so comfortable with each other. We've never met in real life. We've only talked online. Um, And then on the podcast. And I mean, that was... 
yeah, for me, just being able to get a perspective of somebody who is the owner of a wrestling company and just have things flow like we were just best friends. She's one of my favorite people to talk to in the wrestling business. She's she's a very unique individual. She's very outspoken. You know, she's in a very unique uh, position of being a female wrestling promoter, and she's done extremely well with it. And she's branched off into other little side things that have spun off of it too. So she's very business savvy. I mean, she she does it all right. Uh, she's someone I have a tremendous amount of respect, and uh, I'm glad to see that. Uh, you know, not only is she prospering, but Ignite Wrestling is doing very well down there too. Very much so, yeah. If you guys have not checked out Ignite Wrestling, you definitely can. It's on YouTube. Go and check them out. Or if you're in the Vero Beach, Florida area, that is where she runs her shows. Generally, it is at the Walking Tree Brewery in Vero Beach. If you're in the area, go and check that out. Uh, the wife and I are going to be in that in the area of Orlando mm-hmm. uh, in January. We're going to take a little bit of time after our cruise. We're going to stay down. We're going to drive from Miami to Orlando. And uh, no guarantees here, but maybe, maybe your guy, Carl Carafel, might get a photo with Kim Artlip. That'd be cool. Uh, we're going to try to reach out to Kim and see if uh, her and her husband maybe want to get together for a lunch or a, or a supper at some point. And uh, hopefully we can make that happen. Very so cool. it'll cool. be real nice to finally meet Kim. And yeah. Very cool. Okay. Next topic. We got uh, best wrestling play-by-play commentator in the business this is one i had to really spend some time thinking about uh, for me this wasn't really necessarily a clean-cut choice and uh, my pick may come as a bit of a surprise uh, i think he might have been my pick last year as well i'm talking mr ian riccoboni from ring of honor um yeah things are kind of rocky with uh, the company when not personnel wise and just company wise but i mean uh, on the commentary side ian still kills it on commentary i really enjoy you know he brings life to uh, to the match he definitely does, and and honestly, that was my pick as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian is just killing it, and he has been for years in Ring of Honor. So very happy to see that he is still doing what he loves to do. Very happy with it. For me, an honorable mention in this category, Mr. Excalibur from AEW. He does an excellent job. You know, you can tell he's definitely you know, playing really well off of Jim Ross. My only slight critique is this Tope Suicida line need to tone that down a little bit other than that he's pretty damn good too i think all the commentators <laughs> need to tone that down it's right. a suicide dive Correct. just call it a suicide dive right okay next we have on the flip side of this worst commentator and this is another one i have a sneaking suspicion we might have the same pick on this and uh, for me just with all the controversy and everything that was generated from this individual it's, Mr. it's Corey graves um not just the controversy but even just his commentary uh, during matches, especially alongside Renee Young and stuff, it just it always came off as just petty squabbling. And you could tell just that uh, either he wasn't really fitting in or just the, the people that he was working with felt uncomfortable. Just It, it made for a really weird dynamic whenever he is in commentary. And uh, I've never really been a fan of his in that position. And you are correct. We do have the same pick. Mine was Corey Graves as well. Kind of, kind of for the same reasons, but also for just because he. I don't know if he's just maybe trying too hard to kind of be no. like that uh, that heel commentator type of thing, but and you can't. I mean, you take a look at some of the heel commentators over the years. Like you, you look at like let's say Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the greatest of all time. It just came naturally to him. It wasn't anything that he had to force. It wasn't anything that he like he he jokingly, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, 
threw stuff at people. Um, so he jokingly was making fun of them, but you were still entertained by it. Whereas with Corey Graves, it, it almost seems as though he's very, uh, uh, very pretentious and very high on himself. Yeah. And uh, it really does come across that way where he just seems, or, uh, he feels that he is better than everybody else and that he's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. And for me, that doesn't cut it. Well, I agree. And in this case, we're talking a dishonorable mention, uh, the runner up, and he almost ended up winning in this, uh, in this uh, scenario, but uh, Jim Cornette is the other uh, the other mention here. Uh, again, caused a lot of controversy and just that that off color remark during the commentary of NWA. It uh, it it almost kind of ruined things there. And I, I know that they're going to bounce back, but that was a real kind of a black eye in that whole scenario. And uh, I think you need to kind of keep them away from this position. Just just uh, you know keep them just keep doing your, your your podcast and stuff like that where you can voice your opinion. But I mean, don't. Put him on national television for the love of God. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Don't do that ever again. Okay, going to from a negative to a, to a pretty big positive. We're talking best pay per view or big wrestling show of the year, and uh, I'll go first on this one. And for me, this one wasn't that hard to pick from. Uh, this is coming from AEW, and I'm talking a double or nothing. This was my favorite big event of this year. This happened in May, late May of this year, and we saw some really good matches in the show. I mean, we saw Adam Page versus MJF. We saw SoCal in um, the the Stronghearts. We saw Britt Baker and Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray and Awesome Kong, the best friends. Um, Cody versus Dustin, the, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. It was... Just a good, solid show all the way around. And this was my favorite one from the year. My favorite this year, um, also coming out of AEW, um, was All Out. Nice. Um, just everything surrounding that pay-per-view happened in August, uh, August 31st of 2019, Sears yep. Center uh, Arena in, in you know the Chicago suburb. Um, like, just everything about it, to me, was just spot on i guess you could say um it's it's not even as though like that it was the um best done pay-per-view but just the hype and the build-up and everything that they did for this was just phenomenal for me i mean having a uh, 21 woman battle royal uh you know to kind of start things off for me was was amazing and then your guys private party uh <laughs> defeating you know uh, angelico and jack evans in a tag team match so again starting out with a tag team match and then a six man tag team match in there you know pock and uh, kenny omega uh, referee stoppage which is something that you don't see a lot of yeah. um you know anymore these days and that to me was like holy crap like we we actually had a ref stoppage in a match this is this is crazy right mm-hmm. um joey janella darby allen and jimmy havoc um you know kind of you know uh, comedic almost a little bit uh, from my perspective on there but it kind of put a little bit of comedy in there yep. um and then having you know another woman's match as well rio and uh, uh Shida, um just all around everything there and then to cap it all off chris jericho defeating <laughs> adam page yeah. to win the aew world championship to be the inaugural champion so for me biggest or best uh was all out and uh, probably for the reason of the aew championship and the inaugural winner 
That's a good solid choice. Both of our picks coming from All Elite Wrestling. Now, going from best to worst, we're talking worst pay-per-view or big wrestling show for the year. This one, unfortunately, is coming from the WWE, and it's maybe not the one you're expecting. This is not the Crown Jewel event. I am talking the 2019 WWE Hell in a Cell show. This was my least, well, I won't be as mean, I'll say least favorite for the uh, the year 2019 on just so many different levels. I mean, just looking at live attendance for this show, for a a relatively large paper, we had a live attendance of 10,000 people. Um, For an independent promotion, that would be a good turnout for the supposed best or premier wrestling company in the world. That is terrible, Um, especially in the California market, which is where this happened. And this was... Really, the big thing with this one was the match between Seth Rollins and The Fiend in that Hell in a Cell match. Just the whole presentation and the whole approach to the match and the way that that ended the show off, awful. Just terrible. They they could have done so much more with this, and they didn't. You're right. There could have been a lot more that was done with that. And then even another little um, blemish, let's say, is the red light um (laughs) during the matches as well just a a big turn off um mine is actually crown jewel yeah um i i I just i i don't i don't get invested into anything that happens with crown jewel it just seems to be a spot show uh just seems to be a nostalgia look at different uh matches that could have happened over the years and let's throw these old guys in there now and and do it up um it's not needed. Now yeah. I understand what's happening with it and, you know, the amount of money they're getting from it. And, you know, even this last one, there was lots of controversy surrounding everything. Yeah. Uh, people not being able to get their flights, the uh, flights being delayed, people not getting back in time, which is then causing, you know, havoc because you have to rewrite shows and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, just because of all of that encompassed worst crown jewel. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it really feels as though the WWE is doing it for the wrong reasons on on different levels when it comes to money and just where that's being done and whatnot and, and, and just the, the style and the types of matches and the, the people that they're using. Just it, it's, it's not something that's ever appealed to me at all. Me either. So, Okay, going from that, Carl, to our next category here, we are talking best wrestling promotion of 2019. Um, I'll let you go on first on this one. Thank you. Um, people are going to be very shocked <laughs> at my pick for best wrestling promotion of 2019. Okay. I am going with the WWE. Oof. Yeah, right? Right? But hear me <laughs> out for a second. Okay. I only say that because you have to take into account the entire year. Hmm. So we're looking, All Elite Wrestling isn't a year old yet. NWA power really isn't a year old yet. No. Going with the promotions that were there from January 1st, 2019 till today, really the only one that has, I mean, I guess I could put New Japan Pro in there. Mm-hmm. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling would be the the, the best promotion for 2019. Um yeah, my pick has changed. I have to go with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Um, second to that would be the WWE. Everything else underneath that just hasn't really cut it. For me, this is one uh, I spent probably a good uh, 
hours thinking about this one. And for me, it's a dead heat between two companies. So I'm talking your pick, New Japan, Pro Wrestling, and All Elite Wrestling. For me, it's a dead heat. You know, both made some, you know, we saw this debut of AEW and, and they've done very, very well. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. No company is. New Japan, Pro Wrestling, in my opinion, clearly the the second biggest promotion in, uh, in in the world when it comes to professional wrestling. And they both delivered some great shows. And going forward in 2020, we might see some partnership between these two companies. Because as we're seeing at Wrestle Kingdom, Tanahashi and Jericho are going to have a match. And if Tanahashi is able to beat Chris Jericho, Tanahashi will earn a AEW World Championship title match. So some interesting stuff kind of panning up between t- two companies. And thus, again, why I kind of grouped them together here and why it's a dead heat is that we're, we're going to possibly see some interesting stuff happening in, in the new year with these two companies too. Very possible great picks. Yeah. For me, the worst wrestling promotion of 2019 probably isn't going to surprise anybody. For me, it, it unfortunately is the WWE just because the majority – for me – the, the, what I'll base my decision off here with this is with the fans and just everybody, it seems like this promotion more than any other company receives more n- negative reactions than anybody else. And I'm talking even Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor when I, are perceived more positively by more people. Just the WWE, it, it's they, and even just on the company level, it, it just it, it almost feels like a lot of times like they're trying to alienate their audience with the stuff they do. You know, like recently with the dog food thing with Roman Reigns, um, this um, triangle love story and the, the crown jewel stuff. Just uh, there, there's so much negativity surrounding this company, and just the, the way that they go about the storylines, you don't get engaged because they 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 happen so quickly. You just on so many different levels, this this company disappoints me. And two years in a row, Carl. Um, they are my least favorite promotion of the uh, of the year. We get exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, mine, my pick is Impact Wrestling. Mm, that um, one hurts. That one hurts. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. A hundred percent, it hurts. Yeah. But I mean, I'm taking a look at it in in this standpoint, right? Like the WWE is still the number one promotion sure. when it comes to when it to shows they're putting on when it comes to the con that they're putting out and stuff like that they are the so i mean to the really definitely they're the worst but are they the actual worst promotion of 2019 um kind of not because mm-hmm. yeah i mean we're, we're we're looking at things like you know, the matches that are being put on and we're looking at, you know, the money that they're making and we're looking at the shows that they're producing and stuff like that. Um, unfortunately when it comes to impact wrestling, um, (laughs) we're getting one match a week and the rest of it is all just filler and flashbacks to years gone past. And for me, uh, that's not a way that you really build a promotion or, uh, make a promotion better um, it seems like they just seem to be continuously declining. Um, 2020, they really need to step things up and uh, do something to be able to get more matches going forward. Um, I'm inclined to agree with you on a lot of levels with that. Uh, 2020, I think, is, you know, I, I said before on this podcast too that. You know, I've always kind of called for the the death of Impact Wrestling. You know, they're going to end. 
2020, I think, it could be a make or break year for them. I think if they if they don't um, kind of uh, because we're this is becoming a crowded um, business here with professional wrestling. If they don't make themselves stand out, we we could see some issues with this, you know, because we've seen that they have trouble being on network television. Uh, the streaming service with Impact Plus hasn't really kind of caught on. Just uh, when, you, when you look deeper into things, the problems just kind of seem to keep mounting. There, there are some talented people there, but it's it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Yeah. At the end of the day. Okay, going from that to uh, some positive stuff here. And I'm going to change this kind of slightly because I originally had on our run here, Carl, uh, Wrestler of the Year, male, male or female. What I actually meant to put there was male and female to just kind of combine the two. So uh, uh, our favorite male and female wrestler of the year. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Uh, for me, my two choices are for male wrestler of the year, we have John Moxley. And for female wrestler of the year, I have Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I think more than anybody else, they made the biggest impact uh possible pun intended there especially with Tessa Blanchard um <laughs> they they made they just despite everything else they both were the talk of the wrestling world and their respective side with male wrestlers it was Moxley more people were talking about John Moxley with the exception of maybe CM Punk but and then on the female side Tessa Blanchard i mean what well, I mean, what hasn't she done? I mean, other than really kind of made a big impact in the uh, in the WWE, you know, she's almost done it all in the industry. So, uh, for those reasons, uh, they're they're my two favorites. Very good picks, definitely they are. Um, mine, thankfully, are, are actually completely different than good. yours. Um, yeah, which uh, thankfully that happened. <laughs> um, male, Chris Jericho. Good pick. The guy has gone through and reinvented himself yet again to go through and finish out 2019 very strong for being an older <clears throat> veteran of the business. Um, for him to go out there and do this again to reinvent himself, phenomenal that he did that. So happy with that. Wrestler of the Year, male Chris Jericho. Yes. Female of the year may come as a surprise to some, or maybe not, because she has been very prominently displayed in the promotion that she works for. I'm talking Becky Lynch. Mm. Um, she's gone through, again, um, PWI uh, for a second year in a row has named her the number one female. Um, speaking of PWI, I <laughs> do want to give a shout out, though, to two other females that that made the uh, top 100 yep. uh, this year. I'm talking uh, Jazzy, Jazzy Gaber, nice. um, working with uh, NXT UK. Right. And then somebody that Joe and I have actually met and had the chance to uh, see work in person. Uh, we're talking Madison Miles. Oh, wow. She made the list. Good for her. She did. I think she's uh, number 94. Nice. But she made it. She 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 made that list. So very happy to see that a young, talented star nice. making her rise in the world of professional wrestling. Very happy with that. Uh, hopefully in the next uh, 10 years when we give our picks for uh, male and female wrestler of the year, I can say that Madison Miles is my pick for female wrestler of the year. Hopefully we can make that happen, but definitely um, just because of everything that's really gone on, the way that she's uh, worked, the way that she has built up this character that she has, Becky Lynch, the man, my pick for female wrestler of the year. There you go. Uh, next one was one that I added relatively 
Uh, I didn't originally have in the original run, but I did add this. Uh, I thought felt it was an important category here because we did see some uh, very notable people in this category. We're talking Breakout Star 2019. Uh, for me, uh, it's a pretty clear pick. There, there were some other competition, but for me, the guy that really stood out that really kind of broke out, you know, got himself over, had excellent matches. It was just a pleasure to watch in the ring. And just He's got the whole package. Bit of a smaller dude, but I'm talking Darby Allen over in AEW. I mean... Wow, just uh, he was a guy that when I first saw him, I was like, okay. And then as soon as I saw him working in that ring and just the, the whole character, I was sold. I was sold. I mean, the, the, the sky's the limit for this kid. And uh, you're gonna, there's some good stuff coming from 2020. I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, there is. I went uh, with both a male and a female for this one. So okay. for breakout star of the year, um, my pick as well was Darby Allen. Nice. Uh, the kid has just really done amazing things and really proved himself. Um, very happy with what I'm seeing. And then on the female side of things, uh, Jordan Grace. Hmm. Uh, really showing, I mean, the latter part of 2019, there there seems to not be as much focus or talk on Jordan Grace. Yeah. But beginning of the year into the middle of the year, Jordan Grace was the talk and really broke out and made a name for herself and continues to do so on a little bit of a smaller scale now. But yeah, Jordan Grace for me is another breakout. Nice. Next up is best wrestling character. I'm not talking best wrestler in the ring. I'm talking best wrestling character. For me, this was a bit of a tough choice, but when I really thought about it, it it kind of made sense. You had just mentioned him not too long ago here. I'm talking Mr. Chris Jericho. Because, like you had said, at every point in his career, when he's had to make a change or an adjustment, he has always been able to do said change. And as for, I would say 99.9% of the time has made that change successful and has gotten over with everybody. I mean, dude, that, he's, he's just he's ageless, and every time he reinvents himself, it's, it's good. I and mean, this is a, a rarer thing in the business. Usually when people change characters or, you know, sometimes there, there's some kind of stumble. I mean, this guy nails it every single time. It, it's impressive, and it, uh, it's, it's, a, it's incredible to watch. Definitely it is. And I mean, I've always been a fan of Chris Jericho. I mean, if you don't like Chris Jericho, uh, please shut the hell (laughs) up. Like just everything that the guy has done um, has been amazing. Mine, a little bit of a different take. Um, My best wrestling character Mm -hmm. does not come from the WWE, like some people might think. Um, I'm talking PCO. Interesting. Uh, the French Frankenstein really coming out there. And then just because like these little YouTube clips that he's doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, these different feats of strength that they show him doing these, uh, you know, kayfabe where he's being electrocuted and then <laughs> like he's popped back up yeah. and he's all good to go again. Like all of that, just everything encompassing the character mm-hmm. of PCO has excited me. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. My best wrestling character of 2019, PCO. Very interesting. Very, very good choice, too. Okay, going to, this is a big one. Now we're uh, maybe not as big as the uh, our next one, but uh, nonetheless, a very big one. Best match of the year. This one, <laughs> this was a tough one, and this is one where I do have an honorable mention as well. For me, that this one is coming from AEW, and it's actually coming from my favorite paper of the year, Double or Nothing. 
This match, probably more than any other match, Carl, had me emotionally invested. Um, was it the best technically, or sorry, technical wrestling match that there's ever been this year? Maybe not. But I mean, just for, for the sole reason that there, there was just so much emotional investment right from the beginning to the end and, and how it ended in, in that, that promo at the end. I'm talking Cody versus Dustin at double or nothing. This was my match of the year, and it just it worked on every single level. They delivered in the ring, the, the psychology during the match. Just uh, yeah, there were, there was the blood, but I mean they they incorporated that right on the fly, and and it, and it still worked. And then just that that promo at the end, you could just you could feel the emotion. Uh, I mean, I was almost in tears watching it. That hasn't happened in a long time. So for that reason alone, that was my match of the year. What an amazing pick! And yeah. guess what, people. <laughs> We don't have the same pick. We don't. Believe Good. it or not. Good. Uh, mine is actually coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hmm. Uh, I'm talking day seven of the okay. 2019 G1 Climax. Okada versus Will Ospreay. Ooh. A good yeah. Good now, one. something that a lot of people really, uh, and, and I know that a lot of our fans aren't people that, that are watching like New Japan Pro should Wrestling. Be. But should be. <laughs> you, you should be. Yes. You definitely yeah. should be. If you can find, and, and, and I'll, I'll say it slow enough here for you, Okada versus Will Ospreay, yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling, G1 Climax, 2019, Day 7. There you go, folks. Go and find that <laughs> match. That there is my match of the year. Good choice. I mean, for for us in, in our kind of bubble here, we, we know that these guys are good, but I, I think there there's a large number of wrestling fans that maybe aren't aware of these two guys. I mean, outside of the WWE and whatnot, I mean, these two guys, even just talent-wise in the ring when it comes to the in-ring work stuff, I mean, it's hard to find uh, guys as good as these two Especially Osprey. I mean, uh, the the dude can almost do it all. And I mean, Okada. I mean, just he's just a star. Uh, you know, he could com- go to any company in the world and be a star. And uh, that's yes. a very rare quality in this business. Now, for me, I did have an honorable mention um, for a match of the year. Yeah. And this also comes from New Japan Pro Wrestling here, Carl. And I'm talking, I had mentioned it earlier, it was my storyline, uh, one of my storyline picks for this year. And I'm talking Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Wow, this um, I, I, again, I would have maybe have rather seen this at Wrestle Kingdom a, a little bit more build, but I mean, still, these guys delivered a great match, and it was another one of these ones where just there was emotional investment. And I mean, at the end, for Minoru Suzuki to basically bow down to Jushin Thunder Liger, that was a pretty special moment, and uh, that really stuck with me, and it's going to stick with me for a while. Very good, honorable mention, absolutely. Okay. Before we uh, do a little bit of breaking news and before we do our showstopper segment, let's do our match of the decade, Carl. Uh, this is one that uh, has been building for quite a while. Um, I went first on the last one. I'll let you go first on this one because I think mine will be a general, a genuine surprise to everybody. So if you can think of it, what was your match of the decade? Match of the decade for me happened January 4th, 2017. Again, Coming from New Japan Pro Wrestling, this was Wrestle Kingdom 11. Mm. We're talking Okada versus Kenny Omega. Two of the best names in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, If you have watched any 
um, all elite wrestling, then you know exactly who Kenny Omega is. Um, once you go and watch the Okada versus Osprey match that I just talked about, mm-hmm. you'll know a little bit more about Okada as well. Nice. Um, if you can go and find that match too. Um, match of the decade for me, Okada versus Omega Wrestle Kingdom 11. Very good choice. Now I'm going to blow your mind here, Carl, because my favorite match from the decade comes from the WWE. I'll let that sink in first. It's coming from the WWE. What? (laughs) Okay. So let me set the stage here. This match happened in April 1st of 2016 at NXT TakeOver Dallas. And I am talking about, this was a debut match for somebody, and I am talking about Mr. Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura at TakeOver Dallas. Carl, you remember me uh, being into this match. I, in this last decade, have probably not watched a match more times than I have this match. This match had the atmosphere. We had that that awesome video package that they did where Sammy was in the ring and, and William Regal came out and said, the, the, the bill for this was so perfect. They, they, he came out and he says, you know, for you know, all your hard work and whatnot, you deserve to fest one of the, the best in the world, our newest signee. And they showed Sinsuke and he kind of turned towards the camera and Sammy was like, oh, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they built it up and they hyped up so good. And the match itself just had that that rare quality in a match where you could just, you could feel where it had that big match type feel. Like it's almost felt like a WrestleMania type match and just the, the back and forth with the, the two, like just say it was one of those rare matches where like it just clicked. Um, it, it had those intangible factors. I mean, again, I probably watched this match probably about a hundred times, uh, since this has happened and, uh, hands down my favorite match of this last decade. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, that definitely is an amazing <laughs> right? pick as well. And, and it's it's so interesting that now when you think of where Shinsuke Nakamura is now in his career in WWE, I know I wouldn't have called that after seeing this match. I was like, how can you not see the star potential in this guy? And unfortunately, they have kind of squandered that opportunity. I mean, it's not over yet, but maybe they can bounce back with him. But, uh, boy, that, that first uh, match that he had, boy, did that ever did that ever do well. That was fantastic. Uh, for me, I do have an honorable mention with this, and uh, okay. it does come from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and okay. it comes from the 2017 G1 Climax Tournament, which, I mean, always delivers great matches. And I'm talking about Kenny versus uh, Naito for the, uh, the final in the G1 there. I mean, just this is another one. Go and find this match. Very much like uh, Okada and Kenny Omega, just a great back and forth of these two guys. Just hard hitting, lots of good technical wrestling, lots of emotion, lots of psychology in the match. Just, just fantastic as well. Uh, this was one that, uh, I mean, it's an honorable mention. It wasn't quite uh, as my picks. I didn't watch the match as many times. But, I mean, both fan- fantastic matches. But, again, just Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Find some way to watch that one, too, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And try and find that promo package before as well, and that'll kind of set it up for you. Definitely. And what I find interesting about this is that uh, really all of our picks uh, for this entire decade have really been from the 2015 to 2019 so the last half of the decade mark um which really puts things into into a bit of a perspective as well showing that yes there was a decline in professional Mm -hmm. wrestling but a resurgence is really happening uh in the latter part of the decade and uh i mean moving forward hopefully we can get back to days where um you know, you can't even see the people in the crowd because there's so many signs that are up and, uh, you know, that type of atmosphere again would be very interesting. 
we had mentioned that we really saw a resurgence, and it, especially over the last few years, it's really been the, the resurgence, or the just the the notoriety and just the, the prestige of d- these independent promotions really making an impact. I mean, uh, with this NWA thing now, you know, with uh, Impact Wrestling to a certain extent, Ring of Honor, you know, CWE, just so many of these independent promotions. Uh, it's like it's it's really become a, a phenomenon. Uh, for most people out there, there's probably somewhere relatively close where there's a, a good independent wrestling company putting on good shows. And it's something that uh, I would say it went away for a while, but the attention was kind of uh, taken away from it. But boy, has it ever kind of come back. And, and this is, I think, largely due in part to just the the mediocre uh, content from the WWE. It, it's resulted in people looking elsewhere in luckily finding good stuff so it's uh we've had that kind of weird thing of wwe kind of falling off a little bit but it's resulted in the resurgence of all these independent promotions and it's it's been something really cool to see definitely it has been and thank you for mentioning canadian wrestling's elite in there (laughs) of course i do want to let everybody know as talked about on a few episodes Mm. before there was a show that CWE did here in Sault Ste. Marie featuring Juventud Guerrera, Jimmy Jacobs, uh, Vinny Marsalia, uh, TKO Ryan, a no. bunch of big independent names coming through. The video for that has come out. So unfortunately, it isn't the entire thing. The yep. um, main event kind of got cut off. Um, but if you do look up um, on TV on youtube you can find a segment yep. that was done that uh, i think it was called diego's last stand where inside there does have the entire match mm-hmm. um but yeah go and take a look at that we have it on our social media page on facebook at tb talk pod you can find us on all social media at tb talk pod but specifically on our facebook page december 25th you can go and take a look the entire show is there on YouTube for you. Mm-hmm. Your man, Carl Carafel, was on commentary again. I am so happy and blessed to have been able to call the action for Canadian Wrestling's Elite. Thank you to On TV. Thank you to um, Danny for allowing us to do this. Um, everything about this was just phenomenal. And I'm just so happy that... that I was able to do it. Um, you know, Vinny uh, Da Vinci and Diego Da Vinci, um, them going through and putting on an amazing match for us to call as well. Things just worked and clicked, and I am so happy that the opportunity was there. We do know that they are coming back on May 24th. Mm-hmm. So I am very much so hoping that we can once again call the action for this um yeah like this is just going to be amazing like i was just i was so happy with absolutely everything that happened with this um and i mean even like alex alex parr mm-hmm. the guy that, that did commentary with me he is part of on tv um so happy that he he got a hold of me and contacted me to do this. Very happy with that. He did an amazing job. This was his first time really as well calling commentary to my understanding for a professional wrestling match as well as mine. Go and check it out. Leave us no. a comment. Tell me how you think I did because I love feedback, whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Give me the feedback. I want to hear from you guys. 
Absolutely. Now, before we do our showstopper segment for this week, Carl, I do have some uh, some breaking news. I have one uh, that I did put in the run, and I have a few others that I just kind of came across uh, before we started recording here. Now, the one that I do have on the run is a pretty big deal, especially in uh, in Japanese wrestling, uh, specifically with New Japan Pro Wrestling. To the best of my knowledge, uh, this is the first time that not only at Wrestle Kingdom, but just in New Japan Pro Wrestling in general, we are going to have some women's matches at this event. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. And uh, looking forward to see what they what, what they do there with that. I'm I'm very excited for this. Like mm-hmm. you said, this is a very big deal. This is something that really hasn't happened before, and I'm very excited to see what New Japan Pro Wrestling is going to do with this. Um, a couple other things too. Some WWE stuff uh, recently. Actually, I think this was just a, a day or two ago. Uh, Randy Orton got. Uh, looks like a pretty severe knee injury at a uh, at a live house show, yes. which again brings up uh, an issue that I don't like, especially your top tier talents like Randy overusing these guys and overworking them and having this kind of stuff happen. Um, from what I'm hearing, it sounds pretty major, um, some meniscus tears and whatnot like that. This could make him questionable for uh, for WrestleMania, which is a, a pretty big blow. So again, I, I'm going to stress I, I don't like overusing especially your top guys like i said i don't like that because this kind of stuff can happen we saw with seth Rollins, we saw not too long ago with bray wyatt just don't do it definitely i do have one quick little piece that uh uh, is is kind of off the wall when it comes to uh, somebody in the world of professional wrestling uh recently released wwe star is the new director of international development for a popular Premier League football team. I heard this, yeah. We're talking Cinta de Oro, or as he was known, Sin Cara, <laughs> is on board with the Premier League side, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Well. So, yeah, uh, very interesting that he is, uh, I mean, definitely he's going to be continuing to wrestle, um, mm-hmm. but he's kind of making his way into the uh, European football scene, I guess you could say, because it's not uh, it's not like the XFL or NFL football. This is uh, soccer or football. Um, yeah, that, that's about the only real other news that I've seen, um, short of like rumored stuff that we don't even need to get into. Yeah. I do have a couple other ones that I need to add. This news actually just broke today from Sky Sports. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, this is... Uh, the essentially the main place of where WWE weekly programming is aired in the United Kingdom. And I'll, I'll read to you the post here. It's called End of an Era. The final Raw on Sky Sports airs tonight at 1 a.m., bringing an end to a 30-year partnership between the two brands. So, again, this is Sky, Sky Sports will no longer be airing WWE weekly television. So it's up in the air. It looks like a, the, the company, it looks like it's called BT Sport will be the one to kind of take over. Um, whether a lot of people in the UK have access to this channel or not, uh, that I'm not really sure of. But yeah, this is an end uh, to an era over in the UK. Uh, Sky Sports no longer showing WWE weekly programming. That, that's a that's pretty huge, Carl. Yeah, definitely that is. So, 30 years. Yep. So a bit of a downer wow. for our, our UK wrestling fans, unfortunately. And the other thing WWE related is, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but uh, we're looking at, at a potential lawsuit. Now, just going off the information that we know, because we don't know everything about this yet, essentially what's happening here is a, a WWE shareholder suing WWE for them using 
WWE assets to fund the XFL League. And uh, if this is found to be the case, it's essentially, a, uh, I guess, would be considered a conflict of interest. Uh, we could be looking at some legal ramifications going all the way to the top on this. But uh, that's really as far as, as we know uh, at this point. Uh, we'll see what more kind of develops with this. But potentially, this could be a, a really big deal and a potential PR disaster for the WWE. Definitely it could be. Now, I do know that Vince McMahon had actually sold shares of the company yeah, to uh, get money to help fund with the XFL. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he kind of took a dip, uh, you know, kind of into that pool a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, pulled out more than he was supposed to. But, yeah. yeah, as news of this keeps coming out, we're going to bring that to you in our breaking news segment. I have one more yep. so that we can leave this on a positive good note. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there, there is a, uh, a guy named Mike. Wild Boar Hitchman. Okay. And an NXT UK star, Flash Morgan. Okay. Flash Morgan, good guy, good worker, all around, everything good about him. Mm -hmm. They have announced that they will be buying the organization Pro Wrestling Chaos in February. The promotion is based in Bristol, England. Hmm. Um, this is a promotion where Nick Aldis once defended the uh, NWA title. Okay. Um, ROH and Impact Wrestling titles have all been defended at uh, events at that show as well. <clears throat> Flash Morgan actually went onto Twitter at Flash underscore Morgan. That's his, uh, his uh, thing there. And, and he actually put, we are chaos. And uh, gave a huge rundown of everything that, that's gone on. And then uh, the Wild Boar actually retweeted it. So interesting to see that um you know an nxt uk star going into the business for himself hmm. with the wild boar um and buying a wrestling promotion now i don't know much more than that i don't know if this is just something that uh, was done to kind of keep the promotion going or mm -hmm. if this is you know what other uh thoughts that there might be with that but um yeah a positive note somebody out there in the business trying to keep professional wrestling going over in the UK and buying a promotion. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back since this is our last episode of the year here and our showstopper segment, we are going to sit down and talk for a few minutes here about what we want to see uh, happen in, in the pro wrestling business in the year 2020. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Evil. Visit CollarandEvilBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. Alright guys, Big Joe and Carl back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys. And we are at the final. The final of 2019. The final of this decade. We are at the very last for this year and decade, ladies and gentlemen, we are at our show stopper segment. Yes. Yeah. This is the kind of, let's call it the year stopper segment uh, with us. Cause uh, like I said, this is the last, this is the last of the decade. I still have to keep reminding myself that we're going to a new decade. Um, what we're going to talk about is we want what we want to see of the wrestling business in the year 2020. Now, I want, I'll kind of get the, the big kind of negative stuff out of the way because I, I have essentially four things here that, that I want to kind of see. Uh, the first two I'm going to kind of combine into one thing. And for me, this is I want WWE to realize, to finally realize that they're doing a lot of things wrong. And alongside with that, 
I have said this before, but I think even more so now it's time with this, especially with this potential legal issues happening. Vince needs to step down. He needs to hand over control to people who are relevant because it's becoming very blatantly clear now when we see the booking decisions, when we see how things are are just happening match-wise and booking decisions and storylines. Vince is even more out of touch than we have said before. It's time, Carl. I I think he needs to step away. You could still be the owner of the company, just you need to, when it comes to creative control and running that kind of stuff, it's time to pass it on to the newer generation. It is time. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. And going alongside that to some positive stuff, another big thing that I want to see happen in 2020, and we have mentioned it before, whether we can pull off or not, I guess is questionable, but I think here in Canada, I mean, there's a huge demand for professional wrestling. I would really like to see WWE expand their NXT brand up into Canada. Um, I think that this could be facilitated. I think if something really bad were to happen to maybe to impact wrestling, uh, it'd be a shame to have to kind of go off of that. But I think if something were to happen to impact, I think that would be the perfect time for WWE to kind of pounce and establish an NXT Canada brand. I I am inclined with that, and and that was actually something that I had thought about as well. Yeah. That is something that I had written down. Um, I have a little bit extra on top of that as well. I'll just okay. go go through that really quick. Um, more Canadian wrestling, mm-hmm. um, like you said, NXT Canada would be amazing. Yeah. Or if we can't get NXT Canada, Danny, if you're listening, <laughs> how about we make some CWE territories? across the provinces that you have been in so far as you continue on with your uh, two tours during the year and you keep expanding them and expanding them and expanding them, let's start making some CWE territories in all the different provinces. Mm -hmm. And uh, just saying, if you need uh, some help running one here in Sault Ste. Marie, I'm always available. Absolutely. And even I think in this next tour, I think he's uh, going out to Quebec as well. And uh, I'm sh- yes. sure that the East Coast will come up soon. And, and believe it or not, I've lived out on the East Coast. There are a lot of wrestling fans out in that area. And the population area is kind of spread out. But, I mean, in places like Nova Scotia, uh, I know WWE used to run a lot of house shows in St. John in New Brunswick. So there, there is an audience out there for professional wrestling. Um, so it'll be nice to see CWE go from coast to coast eventually at some point. And I think that that could potentially happen. Now, with some more Canada stuff, uh, yeah, I guess there's a lot of Canada stuff with us being Canadian wrestling fans, but the other big thing that I want to see in the year 2020, now that AEW is up and running, I want to see them do a show somewhere in Canada, preferably somewhere in Ontario. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if if AEW does decide to come and do a show in Canada, I think really we're going to be looking at either uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto. Yeah. Um, those are the big ones in Canada that wrestling usually goes to. Mm -hmm. So I think we could probably see at some point uh, AEW coming and doing a show in Canada in one of those four cities. Winnipeg is a really good choice. Um, Just, I mean, for a couple of reasons we have, it's always been a hotbed for professional wrestling. You have two guys, I I think at least two of the guys, we have Kenny and Jericho that are originally from Winnipeg. So there's definitely some connections there. So yeah, that's a good pick. Toronto, is also a really good one. Um, I mean, the the uh, the ACC in downtown Toronto. I know the WWE runs a lot there, uh, so maybe that might not be a viable venue. 
depending on how that's kind of set up. But I mean, there's lots of arenas that they could run in Toronto as well. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be another really good choice. Um, anything else that you want to see out of the, out of the business in 2020? Yeah, just a couple quick things here. Um, I want to see uh, less hatred between the companies. Um, now, I, I understand that you know controversy creates cash. Thank yeah. you, Eric Bischoff, for that. Um, but I mean, we're all looking for the same end goal with this. Let's stop with the hatred between companies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to go onto social media, whether it be Twitter or what have you, and start, you know, kind of bashing another person in another promotion, you better have something lined up for them to have a match. And mm-hmm. that kind of leads into my next little piece, more kayfabe okay. going forward. Um, the nostalgia of kayfabe, uh, I, and I understand it's pretty much dead, but... We need some more kayfabe. We need those lines to be blurred in the world of professional wrestling. Those lines are blurred every time that you go to a movie theater and watch the Avengers or you watch a Batman or movie or a Superman movie yeah. or you watch a, um, you know, a thriller or you watch a, a horror film. Those lines are blurred. We need to get back to that within professional wrestling. Let's blur those lines. And then lastly... I want to see more promotions, advertising, and showing stuff using social media, whether it be uh, Facebook Live or just promoting stuff that they're putting out onto YouTube. Promote it and use YouTube to your advantage. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that get YouTube for free. Everybody gets it for free. You have an internet connection. You have YouTube Use that as an avenue to showcase your product, whether it's just highlights from a show that you did or whether it is like NWA is doing their entire shows out there or AEW Dark putting in their dark matches out on there for everyone to see. Use YouTube to your advantage because it is a great tool for you to get your name out there to grow as a company. Absolutely. Uh, two more things uh, for myself here, uh, and this has to do with wrestling fans. I'll, I'll get the negative one out of the way first, and then I'll end on the positive note. Uh, for me, yeah. the first one is based off of a term coined by our very own Rick Vickery over at the Hitting Marsh Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm talking about Mark Tards. Now, if you're wondering if um, you're relatively new to the program, what's a Mark Tard, Big Joe? Well, I have the definition right in front of me here. Um, typically, it is applied to when referencing uneducated pro wrestling fans. Unable to express logic, support, and understanding about the way an individual feels towards a given subject or product. Complete lack of understanding of basic principles and inability to view a wider perspective. Otherwise known as an individual who doesn't have a effing clue. Um, just the negativity around wrestling fans, whether it be on social media or on message boards and that kind of stuff. I understand that people have different opinions on things, but if you're going to say that you don't like something or whether you don't agree with something or if you think something is bad, just saying that doesn't cut it. If you have an opinion about something, you have to be able to back it up with the reason why. And of co- and then if, if that's the case too, what's your solution to the problem? Because I mean, anybody can just say that they don't like something and just leave it at that. Anybody can really say that, but if, 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 
if you think that you're as smart as you are, then have a solution to the problem or at least an explanation as to why you hate something. Just hating for the sake of hating, you look like a fool or a Mark Tard. That's a thing that uh, I want to see come to an end. Just these, these people just making blanket statements saying that they don't like WWE or they don't like AEW or this company's failing or whatnot. Why? What's the reason why? What's your solution to the problem? And I'll give you guys a quick example of yes. that, okay? And this is going to be totally <laughs> off the wall, but yep. I don't like avocado. Okay. And I'm just going to leave it at that, right? <laughs> no, you can't just leave it at that, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't like avocado because yeah. I don't like the texture mm-hmm. and I don't like the taste of it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But let me make it into a guacamole. Let me add in some spices go. and some yeah. different things into it. Then yeah. I like avocado. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take my avocado and I'm going to make it into guacamole, and then I like it. Right. Right? So I've now given what I don't like, why I don't like it, and a solution to how I can like it. Yep. And that that's exactly what Big Joe is getting at. Exactly. You people need to go out there and, and not just blanket say, I don't like something. Well, no. Why don't you like it, and, and what do you think can can be done to make it better? Absolutely. Because these ideas that people throw out there are are, are obviously something that that people are gonna they're, they're gonna hear, they're gonna see, and and you never know. In the wrestling business, you never say never. Yeah. Right. So your thought and idea could be seen by a Triple H or by you know uh, um, a Jeff Jarrett or seen by a Nick Aldis mm-hmm. or seen by you know a Cody Rhodes or a Kenny Omega and then they might go hey wait this guy's onto something let's see what we can do to spin things to turn this around yeah right so you never know put put it out there people don't be afraid to um I know that a lot of people are afraid to because uh, other people are going to bash and and stuff like that and, <clears throat> and and as a society we really need to get away from that as well. Yeah. If you don't agree with what they're saying, don't say anything. You don't yeah. have to. But if you agree, make it known, hey, that's a good idea. I like that. Yep. Right? Or, you know, if, if you do disagree, again, you know, there, there's you can you can have an intelligent debate back and forth. But if people are just just kind of hating and then direct hate on the other side, I mean, that that's not a debate or a conversation. That's just two people being douchebags, for lack of a better yeah. term. There, there, there's such a thing as having an intelligent debate and sharing information back and forth. We can have that too. If you if you don't agree with somebody, you know, you, you can respond. But I mean, at least give a response or something with that with some substance. So don't just say that, uh, like, let's say if somebody, this is a really popular right now. Oh, AEW is failing. Okay. Why is it failing? Oh, it's because they're, they're just not doing good. Th- that's not, uh, <laughs> or, or that's not a reason. That's not a response or, Oh, they're trying to be too much like WWE or something like that. Those are so shallow responses. I mean, just yeah. Yeah, if you're going to have that, that kind of opinion, I mean, just just be ready for people to lash out at you because you're just kind of asking for it really at that point. Exactly. So if you're, if you're going to make a, a real kind of statement or an opinion like that, at least have it kind of make sense um, and have some substance to it. And then, you know, maybe less people kind of call you out on your, on your BS, for lack of a better term. Now, Definitely. You had one last thing that you wanted <laughs> yes. to talk about, and I cut you off there, and I apologize That's for okay. that. That's okay. Uh, so I think this will be kind of a good way to end off our uh, our decade here with uh, with Turnbuckle Talk. And this is something that we have talked about before, and it does kind of tie into this previous topic as well. 
Now, when it comes to people kind of hating on certain brands, like let's say if there's somebody that just watches WWE and that's all they watch, but they just they hate it and they hate it and they continue to watch and, and just hate on it, hate on it, hate on it. Like we had just mentioned, we talked about the resurgence of the independent professional wrestling, AEW. We talked about Ring of Honor, New Japan. If you are really disenfranchised or feel alienated from the wrestling that you're watching, that's not the only option out there. And I know that's mainly WWE people. And they just, they're just seething. They just, they continue to watch week to week and they hate it and they hate it and they hate it. Branch out your horizons, like expand your mind. There's so much good professional wrestling out there, whether it be some of these bigger companies or your local wrestling promotions. Just branch out. And you might find something that you, that you really enjoy. And maybe then you won't hate wrestling so much or you won't be so down on one, one thing. Like, if you really hate WWE that much or if whether you hate, regardless of what company it is, just my main kind of tip, if, if you hate something that much, stop watching it. Why, why subject yourself to that torture if you don't really, really need to? Otherwise, you're just, like I said, you're just hating for the sake of hating. Find something you actually enjoy and then maybe you won't be so pissed off all the time. <laughs> Definitely, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, yeah, uh, like I said, the, we had mentioned New Japan, AEW, your local promotions, like or if you're in Canada, CWE. If you're down in the States, companies like Ignite Wrestling, there's so much good out there. Just go discover it. And if you are a real wrestling fan, you will find some joy from these other wrestling promotions. You definitely will. Okay, Carl. That wraps up for 2019. Uh, we'll just make one last kind of uh, brief mention about our sponsor before we do go for the year. <clears throat> so let's talk about our main sponsor, CollarAndElbowBrand.com. CollarAndElbowBrand.com is a company that was founded by professional wrestler Al Snow. This man is a genius in the business. He has gone through and we talk about resurgence in professional wrestling. He has resurged. Mm-hmm. Ohio Valley Wrestling, and he created this brand, Collar and Elbow Brand. Go and check them out. Follow our social media. We have links that are there to take you directly to the Collar and Elbow store. When you're there, take a look at the products, make a purchase, use promo code JKPODCAST, and you're going to get yourself 10% off your entire order. Not only does that help you out, but it helps us out as well as we get a small kickback from it. And you're going to get some amazing merchandise. And just another, before we do end, uh, can't forget to make mention we're 147 episodes into this podcast, Carl. I mean, I think that's pretty amazing. And already we have so many really cool partnerships that we're involved with the gorilla position.com and the Roy Network, Ryan Bowman and uh, Michael Melkor and uh, all those guys over there. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, our, we're part of the HTM Podcast Network as well over there with the, the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast. With us, Turnbuckle Talk, my other show, uh, HTM Tech, with myself and Mike, the PW Hustle, the Russell Podcast, some really, really cool stuff there. We're also now part, uh, our, our, our content is showcased over at NDPW.com. I mean, just it's, um, 2019 has been a really good year for us, and uh, things have really expanded, and just looking forward to next year, it's um, just looking like it's going to be even better. That's right. 2019 has been very good to us in the world of podcasting on professional wrestling. So happy with all of the contacts that we have made throughout this year and all of the partnerships that we're involved in. I mean, we couldn't ask for anything more than what we've gotten already in 2019. We looked at 2020 and 
anticipates that we will become bigger and that we will become stronger and that we will become partnered up with more amazing brands like we have already. Thank you to all the brands that have uh, allowed us to come in uh, to your family and that you guys have made us part of the family and made us feel that way as well. And we can't leave 2019 without thanking you. Mm -hmm. You guys have made us what we are. You guys are the ones that continue to listen to us on a weekly basis. So many of you comment and, and message me and we talk and I love it. Continue to do that. Everything about 2019 and this podcast has been phenomenal. And I have to thank you, Joe. Yes. Without mm -hmm. you, years ago, asking me to come into this when, you know, an, an unfortunate accident had happened with our friend Kyle. Yep. Um, you two had really started this and then um, rest his soul. When Kyle passed on, I uh, was asked to come in and take over. And, and thank you for allowing me to come in and continuing to build this with us. Um, this has been a phenomenal year for us. We look forward to 2020. Joe, what do you look forward to in 2020 for us in the podcast? I, I would just say what, what you said, and I would just I would turn the volume up even higher on it. I'm just looking forward to putting out more great content. Uh, and, and again, thank you to all the listeners. I mean, without listeners, this show really wouldn't be possible. There wouldn't really be a podcast without listeners. So uh, thank you to, to you guys. And again, like you had said, thanks to all our partnerships, GorillaPosition.com, Hitting the Marks, IndiePW.com. The list goes on and on with CollarNevilleBrand.com. And just looking forward to building more partnerships and just looking forward to another great year of professional wrestling and being able to get um, our feelings and, uh, and whatnot about the professional wrestling out there to people that want to hear it. That's uh, the reason why I do it. And other than that, just... Um, saying bye-bye to 2019 and just looking forward to 2020 and I can't wait to see what can happen because there are so many interesting things on the development uh, they're developing and we didn't even get to mention that uh with stuff with Marty Skrull that's still up in the air we're waiting to see what happens with him yeah. there's so much kind of st cool stuff going on more than anything else I mean professional wrestling always gives us lots to talk about it's never really hard to find things to talk about and I'm sure 2020 will be more of the same definitely okay well, that wraps up for 2019. Have yourselves a wonderful new year, and we'll see you guys next year. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at givingthebucks.com. Run.